Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. It's your host, Sir Colin Campbell here and Gary A. McGowan. And you're tuned inside the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. You're listening to the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. So that, that there is how we start a show when we don't hit the right cue. But that's all right. That's all good. That's all all right. Good. Welcome back. Sir Colin Campbell here in the building with Gary A. McGowan. You're tuned inside the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. We have a special guest in the building today. Um, the man, the legend, all the way from Kingston, Jamaica. Watch your top boat. Taka Jamaica and Tinger Sayana. The one they call Mr. Loba Loba, Marvin Alexander. Pretty soon you're going to find out why Marvin is sitting in the hot seat today. Before we jump into that, um, here's a word from one of our sponsors. This is Dion Begg from Butler Mortgage. For the past 15 years, I've helped families answer the big three financial questions. How do I pay off my home faster, pay for my kids' education, and build wealth for retirement? We answer these questions through helping plan and fund significant investment property portfolios. If you're a first-time buyer or buying your first or 10th investment property, Please reach out for a free consultation so we can ensure you build the best portfolio possible. Search for mortgagesbydion.com or call me at 800-518-1221. Beautiful, beautiful. Marvin, how are you, my man? I'm awesome. How are you? I am awesome as well. And um, so we have a new look on the show today. I'm not sure if you noticed. Yes, the the t-shirts by Lori, my assistant. Lori, Lori, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This, this is one of the cool things that... Uh, Let's see. What do we got here? The Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. Yep. Gary A. McGowan. Yep. Sir Colin Campbell. She inverted that. See that? The Not So Black and White Real Estate <laughs> Podcast. Pretty cool. Hey, I just noticed that it's on a computer screen. Yes. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah. she did the screen. <laughs> and then uh, because it's my first time on the screen, there's no there's no screen. But she did throw in the Esquire. 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 Which yeah. is good. Nice, yeah. nice, that's, nice. That's much awesome. appreciated. So as with any podcast and, and with any ghost... Or ghost? Guest. <laughs> uh, we like to, you know... Explain why they're here, why they deserve to sit in this hot seat. And let me tell you, uh, we're get, we're raising the bar today, Marvin. Did you know that? Uh, no, the, ch- the chair is a little high, <laughs> yeah, though. <okay. laughs> Having some difficulty reaching the ground, but thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, this, there we go. That's all bad. All good. All good. So I like to read uh, the, the bios, but I got pages and pages of bios, so I'm going to condense it. And here's what we got. And then we'll get Marvin into explaining, you know, his little backstory that in the two minutes or so, why he's in real estate and how, it, how he through real estate, how that led him to here, to sit in this seat. So here's what we got. Uh, Marvin Alexander has been licensed in real estate for over 21 years and has consistently received national and international recognition and awards as one of North America's top realtors. And I could go through the list of all the accolades. Basically what it says is, Marvin, you're number one. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, I, I'll tell you, it's its 21 years US, it's uh, 27 Canadian now. We do that so conversion. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's important. Yeah. That is important. I like that. Uh, and, through this and, and through some of our Facebook posts, and if you're listening uh, on the podcast later, Marvin, you're the owner of two Keller Williams real estate brokerages here in York Region, New Markets, right. and Aurora. And Canada. In Canada, that's right. <laughs> and the other one is in our nation's capital, which yes. is Ottawa. And that one there's only a couple of years old, That's correct? right, yes. And the one here in New Market, how old is that one? So we'll be 10 years old at the end of the year. 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And then I can tell you, we're Mar- or Marvin, um, Colin and I are fortunate to work out of that brokerage. It 
Trade is the number one brokerage by agent counts, by profit, or um, market, market share, share in the area, and in that short amount of time, that is phenomenal. I'm very proud of everybody. You know what? We have a great team of people and uh, wonderful realtors, and really, it, it, it's... Uh, all attributable to, to, to all of you. So awesome. well, we have great leadership, right? And that, that sets the foundation. So absolutely. Well, thank you. Absolutely. A lot of the stuff in here, we're going to go through and, and, you know, yes, we can talk about accolades and accolades, but I tell you what, um, accolades are boring. Yeah. It's the stories behind those. That's what I want to get into. <laughs> right. And uh, so why don't you tell the audience in, you know, in two minutes or less, you know, who Marvin Alexander is and, and kind of where you started from and how you got here. Sure. I'll, I'm not sure about two minutes. I'll do my best. But you know what? I want to share a story that I don't, I've never shared before. Is that OK? Oh, please. OK. So, uh, yeah, we did a little Kingston, Jamaica thing at the beginning. My parents are actually from Jamaica. They were born there. Um, I grew up uh, very humble uh, beginnings in, in an area in Toronto called Flemington Park. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. but uh, the area. Yeah, yeah you got to be tough or fast. Or if you're lucky, both. <laughs> both. Yeah. So I uh, grew up there. Um, you know, very humble beginnings, no doubt about that. Um, and, you know, I, I never really had an intent uh, to be in real estate. So here's the interesting story. So uh, uh, I was, we were expecting my second child and we were in a, a very small home in Toronto and I needed a larger a larger house. So um, uh, a realtor uh, by the name of Linda Marish, she's passed away since, um, uh, I was, you know, I was referred to her. But here's how I got referred to her. I'm going to try and do it in under two minutes. So I tried to sell my own home. My, my house was located at the corner of Pharmacy, uh, just between Eglinton and Lawrence. And it was the second house in, actually. So I did open houses for six months trying to sell my own home. And back then, there was one of those private companies called Pear Tree. Mm. And they gave you professional for sale sign and professional two open house signs. And actually, back then, we glued the pictures on the feature sheet. So you got 10 feature sheets with a front picture of your home glue sticked on. So for six months, I tried to sell my own home, and I and I couldn't. And you weren't a realtor at the time, obviously. And I was not a realtor at the time. Okay. So then what happened was uh, a realtor uh, listed a house kind of down the street from where I lived. And I thought, this is perfect, because in order for them to go to that house, they likely have to drive by mine. Anyway, it sold in a week. Nobody came to my home. Then the same realtor a week later listed the house across the street. And I thought, it's inevitable now, right? I mean, it's right across the street. Anyhow, that also sold in a matter of days. Nobody came to my home. And then the sort of kick, the last kick, or what did you say, straw that broke the camel's back or what yes. have you, he listed the house next door and sold it in a day. So I tapped out. I listed with this guy. Uh, he listed my house for more money than I was asking and sold in a day. Um, yeah. And of course. I get referred to Newmarket. I had a wonderful realtor, as I said, Linda Mayer. And she was showing me around and I ended up buying a new home. But, you know, she was involved in the process and very understanding. So now we fast forward six months later. I'm in Newmarket. I don't know anybody. And down the street, 10 o'clock at night, comes Linda Mayer with her husband driving down the street. And I was out there sort of looking up at the stars, no shirt on. I had abs back then. <laughs> no shirt on, kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life because even though I was in a, a, a less expensive home and it was a little bit larger, I couldn't really afford it. So uh, I said, what are you doing here? And she said, well, I was actually looking for you. I said, why? She said, you know, I had a great time showing you around in, in my car and I just took the job as a manager of Coldwell Banker in Newmarket. Um, and I think you'd be a great realtor. I said, Linda, you've got the wrong guy. <laughs> I tried to sell my house for over six months and I couldn't. 
Uh, nevertheless, I, I went through um, the courses. I got my license. I, I went to that office. And the day I got there, she had been fired. Uh -huh. So now my mentor, and quite honestly, the only person I even knew in Newmarket was no longer there. Yeah, yeah Newmarket period, yeah. right? Never mind just real estate. So um, anyways, I was rookie of the, uh, sorry, I was salesperson of the month in my first two months there wow. as a rookie. And then I was recruited over to competitor, which was Remax. And then from there, uh, I was a top individual realtor in my first year. And then I was recruited to uh, Royal LePage after five years there um, because those offices were corporately owned and they were trying to build them up uh, as franchises and uh, top in Canada there for a number of those 12 years. And then, um, and then here I am now at Keller Williams and I'm here with you. What? So awesome. that's the story. So yeah. if you want to get on the podcast, that's the path you have to take. <laughs> <laughs> Not the recommended path perhaps, no. but uh, no, that's no, what no. happened. No, yeah. what I heard in that story, and it's very interesting, it's patterns that uh, showed up in your life. And when you started at Colwell, you were number one for the month, rookie mm -hmm. of the month. Mm -hmm. Then you became rookie of the year or whatever. Right. Then you moved to a new brokerage, you were number one that year. You moved mm -hmm. to a different brokerage, you were number one that year. Mm -hmm. What is that red thread that connected connected uh, you? Uh, what allowed you to be successful at every venture that that you you went to? You know, I think the the number one word uh, in our business would be grit, and that's what I think would be the thing I would answer if I could answer it a bit yeah. more concisely than my intro, Gary. Sorry about that. <laughs> it would be the word grit. I mean. Um, you know, I, I think that I had a burning desire to succeed. Uh, I asked a lot of great questions of a lot of great people because at that time, a company like ours, like Keller Williams, didn't exist yes. where it was collaborative and you'd share and so forth. So you'd have to find out by osmosis or relationships or asking lots of great questions. So that's what I ended up doing. So that's how that all, uh, that's how that all, all worked out. So that work ethic uh, of, you know, just grinding, hustling, whatever we want to call it today, grit, um, where did that come from? Well, uh, it's interesting. They say when you don't have nothing, you got nothing to lose. So, you know, when you, when you grow up in, in a humble way, I think you either um, accept that and you become complacent or you strive for improvement. It's one or the other, typically speaking. And I've never really been a complacent person. And the reason I shared the story is really, I believe that it doesn't matter where you start, you can achieve anything you want. And it's important that we instill that, you know, on our children, on our colleagues, on ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. um, because sometimes people see, you know, that there's, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be number one in the world for, for Keller Williams a few times. And, and, you know, we have, Lots, I have lots, I, I'm the president of nine different corporations and have things like that going on. And yes. they would think it was handed over and it, and it truly was not. So okay. yeah, I, I think, uh, I think you either, you, whatever situation you have, you can take it in any direction you want. That would be the moral of that very long winded story. No, no, I like that. Uh, right. I like that. Now, Marvin, uh, at what point did you decided that, okay, enough of being an individual agent, I'm going to start my own brokerage. Right. So uh, I was in the process of buying another brokerage and uh, we had made a deal. Uh, that person that owned it was retiring and then uh, they ended up selling it to somebody else, even though we had a deal, okay. just pending paperwork. So 
I, th- I looked at it and I thought, you know, I believe the culture of a company can be different than the typical traditional real estate company where mm-hmm. it's very cutthroat and walk around with paperwork against your chest and so forth. So I designed a company that I thought would would be collaborative and very education based and 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 be different. And it's so funny, you know, Colin, because everybody I showed this business plan to said, there's no way this will work. (laughs) And, uh, but I was determined. So I heard a little bit about Keller Williams. I didn't really know much about the company. So I went down and visited in the United States several times, about eight or nine actually, before deciding to align with the company. And And what I realized was there were some deliverables there that were on such a large scale that I couldn't bring them as an independent. Because originally I thought I would open my own company. Uh, Alexander Realty and, you know, attract uh, like-minded people. But what I did do is I I named the company from day one uh, Keller Williams Realty Centers, plural, with the full intention of of opening up multiple locations and linking them all together. So uh, we're approaching 250 realtors now in those locations. And the uh, auto office is only, you know, a couple of years old. We're well over 200 agents there as well. And there's a nice synergy going back and forth between the offices. So I'm very proud of everyone. Everyone's doing a wonderful job. So... What so, ha- wait, before you dig into that, go, go we're, ahead. We're getting lots of comments here and a few shout outs. So, Carrie Zito, we all know. Oh, love I love you oh. too, Carrie. <laughs> By the way, these are all uh, prompted. I, before I came, well I done. texted okay. everybody I know. Uh, thank you so much, Carrie. What a beautiful picture, yeah, isn't, yeah. It? isn't it? Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, cool. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. Uh, no, that, that is okay. Um, what is happening inside? Uh, I want to really get to what was happening inside of you, whether it's, you know, Take me into your mind where you're an extremely successful agent. Where that decision came that I'm no longer going to be an individual successful agent. I want to help other agents and now build a brokerage. Right. Because now you go from, okay, now the responsibility of your family to I want to adopt. 250 kids, right? <laughs> or, or, or more, you know. Now <laughs> and they're, their kids. And now they're yeah. a part of my family, and it right. takes a special type of person. So help me understand that. Okay. Well, first of all, I appreciate you saying that because I, you know, that was a big part of the, of the deliberation, thinking about all of these families and, you know, all these people, their families, their children, you know, administrative assistant staff and saying that's that responsibility falls on me, you know. So here's what it was. I don't know how to really articulate it very well other than to say this. I just knew that it, that this vision, that this company was meant to live. I don't know what really, I don't know, you can call it divine intervention or whatever you want to call it, but I, I knew that it, that, it, that it was meant to be. And despite being discouraged from everybody around, and quite frankly, I was in and out of the hospital like seven or eight times with stress-related things launching the company, because it's very stressful, right? Um, there was grit. I, I, knew it, it, I knew that it had to happen. And I knew that if I did it correctly, and we all did it correctly, the company would be bigger than any one person, including me. And I'd like to believe that's where we are, and and that's the direction we're continuing in. Yes. So, um, and I, you know, and I just I've always been the kind of person that wanted more. So you know, I proved to myself, and I guess to my family, that I could sell real estate. And then I proved that I could be number one at a brokerage. And then I'd proven that I could be number one in the country. And I'd proven that I could be number one in the world. 
And then I decided, okay, uh, now let me try something new. And that yeah. was to run a brokerage. And of course, you know, from there I also uh, was the director for Canada. And there's probably one more thing uh, to come, I would say. So, okay. yeah. Okay. That's it. So it, a lot of reasons, but that's, yeah. that was the progression. So okay. let's, let's talk about grit for a second, because, you know, as you said earlier, that's kind of the, 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 the money word or the common word that everyone defaults to, especially in our industry. Mm. And um, it, people talk about, well, I've got grit in this, I've got grit in that. What does grit look like to you? I think uh, grit is the resolve to never give up, mm -hmm. uh, to believe in yourself, even when others don't believe in you. Um, to accept that you're not always going to succeed, but not to accept failure as the ultimate outcome. I think that would be the mm -hmm. way I would define it. So look, you know, I always tell people the path to A to B is never how you envision it. It's never a straight line. There's gonna be things along the way that throw you off course. And you have to be able to put things back on the rails and, and continue down that road to get to where you envision going. So I think maybe it's a buzzword. I don't know. But for me, it truly is something that resonates with me and what I've always endeavored to, right, to do. Right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that grit because I, I am probably where grit is most exposed or the lack thereof perhaps is, is those, you know, the, the peaks is easy. It's those valleys mm -hmm. where, where perhaps you learn the most. Talk to us about some of the valleys that and how you fought out of those. Wow. How long is this show? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, you know, I've had them in all aspects of my life and I think we all have personal and, and business, right. And some very, very difficult ones. I mean, to the point of, you know, at one point I was living in a, in a trailer in Bracebridge with three children mm. commuting back and forth on my own, um, raising them and, and digging out of a, a very difficult situation. Right. So I, maybe it boils down to your big why, like what really truly motivates you. I knew that I had the responsibility, the sole responsibility at that point. I mean, I'm married to a lovely woman now, but uh, and we've known each other for 20 years. I can't wow. believe it. Yeah. Wow. Um, but uh, at that point, it was the sole responsibility, my sole responsibility and my sole focus was to make sure they were okay. So that's about as big a yeah. why as you can, as you can get. Yeah. So it was getting up at four in the morning, doing that hour and 45 minute drive, you know, lunches and stuff packed, breakfast done. Um, there, sometimes they'd be out and it was cold, you know, I'd pick them up at six o'clock at a playground, drive all the way back up, baths dinner and so on, but it's all worked out and they're all doing extremely well. Awesome. So I'm proud to say, yeah. Yeah. yeah awesome. So. I love that story. Yeah. You know, what? in all honesty, I share that story, obviously not into the detail and, and, and no, okay. so much, but uh, people, people will often ask, you know, who's Marvin Alexander or why do you choose to be at Keller Williams? And, and there's so many reasons why to be at Keller Williams, but there are specific reasons why we choose to be at Keller Williams Realty Centers. Of course. Right? Well, and, and, frankly, obviously you're one of them and, and the leadership and everyone else and what that leadership, what your leadership, and I think the important piece of the, of the pie here is who that attracts, right? Yeah. Top realtors. Cause I, I started uh, before Colin did at the brokerage and we wouldn't have had that opportunity to have something like this otherwise. Right? right. And just, you know, the people that are interacting with, with each and every one of us every day is because of what you set forth more than 10 years ago. It, it started well before that, didn't it? Yes, for yeah. sure. Well, that's very nice of you to say. Thank you. So enough enough buttering up. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I would like to really get into a, more more in leadership and, you know, 
helping develop us as leaders, you know, our listeners as leaders, uh, and t- so people can see what successful leadership is like. Um, so we, Gary went through your accolades. You mentioned a few of them as well. Um, what is your greatest accomplishment to date that you would say? In business? Outside of business, just Marvin, Marvin Alexander's greatest accomplishment. Uh, well, I mean, I think the obvious and probably standard answer is your family, you know. Uh, okay, take children, that away. Kids. I knew you were okay, going to strip that, that, that away. That goes. That goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty heavy question, to be quite frank with you. I, uh, I think for me on a personal level is um, I'm not the same person uh, – that I, that I was when I was in a variety of other environments. And, uh, you know, I, I, I tell people there's a difference between being fortunate and being lucky, but I reflect back on that and I realize, look, you know what, you, you might be a product of your environment, but you're, you, you can also have the discipline to change that, to mm-hmm. change, change your stars, if you will. So, um, I think the biggest success for me has been to, improve who I am as a, as a human being, uh, as a leader, um, and to watch the people around me flourish. I know it sounds like a bit of a corny answer, but it's true. I mean, a big reason I developed the company, Colin and, and, and Gary, was to create wonderful experiences for people around me and watch them thrive and build some sort of a legacy that can, that can go on beyond just the my tenure with the company, right? So I think we're on the right track. I mean, look at the things we're doing. Look at this. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what all this technology is, as Kirby Chan out there will tell you, but it's amazing. <laughs> Shout out to Kirby Chan. Shout out Kirby to Chan. Kirby Chan. I had to. But Kara, you can come back on and say you love me anytime you want. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. thank you, Mike Russo. See that? Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And thank you again, Kerry. <laughs> my my only two fans, but they're they're very devoted. <laughs> they're loyal. I love that about Here we go. Them. No, no, here we go. Let's flip through some of these. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Thank you, Christine. That's so nice. Privileged to be in business with you as well, all of you. And Christine is our broker of record, so shout out there to- Yeah, big um, shout out to Christine. There's got to be a better title, I'm putting you on the spot now, for broker of record. That just sounds so very, mm. you know, like she is more than a broker she, of record. She, you know, it's like managing broker and there's all these terminologies. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I'm always open to reinventing things. I mean, Rico compliant, okay. Okay, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But I mean- um, yeah, because she's so much more than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's wonderful. Okay, Christine. A, ch- a we're champion ch- of broker of record. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Champions of uh, yeah, brokers, yeah. Something she like will that. call her Captain Marvel. The Avengers are out right now. <laughs> I love it. That love was great. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so nice, now nice, with nice. Uh, your, your path to where we are today, mm-hmm. who would you say, who would open doors for you? I'd like to be able to give you examples of people that have. To be very honest with you, it was more the opposite. It was a lot of roadblocks along the way, um, which made me realize that I need to open doors for others just because it didn't happen for me. Um, Yeah, you know, it really wasn't. I think, and that's, I understand why you're asking that question because that seems so second nature based on the way we do things, right? Uh, we're all about opening doors for one another and helping one another succeed because we know it's there's so much out there. There's so many opportunities. Um, we don't have to, you know, be like this with, yes. our, with our information. But 
Colin, you know, 27 years ago, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, even 15 years ago, it wasn't this way. At least it wasn't for me. So, and I think the industry at large is still very much that way. And it's a shame. That's a traditional approach that I think um, needs to be changed. It needs to be collaborative. There's enough out there for all of us. And and we're proving it. I mean, we're staying our course. Uh, I believe we're the fastest growing. And um, uh, I certainly believe we're having the best time doing it as a team, right? It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't Yeah, no, I, I heard all, no. <laughs> I didn't give you what you wanted. What's going on? <laughs> oh, you got one of those. Yeah. Uh, Colin went deep there. Yeah, 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 I went very yeah, deep there. Yeah. But no, that was good. That was Thank good. You. That was good. Look at Pierre. Isn't he awesome? He gave yeah. me a trophy. Thank yeah. you, Pierre. Yeah, trophy. I don't know what the trophy's for, but. Uh, the wife's going to follow next to be trophy wife. Oh. Trophy. Oh, hey. yeah, I know. I just, that just happened. I would drop the mic, but it looks expensive, and yeah. it's not mine. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. You're the best. There um, so tell us, uh, tell us now, uh, about Wait, I like this one, which one Kirby Chan, the real tech master. Thank you, Kirby. <laughs> he knows where, where to provide uh, that a boy, that a boy Kirby, yeah, uh, yeah, tech yeah. mentor. I love awesome. it. Um, tell us, um, when your leadership style, where, where, how, how have you developed your leadership style? Is it, you know, someone you've looked at, you model books, you've read, um, because you have, you know, your fans, people in your tribe that are really reaching out to you. Yeah, you know. Uh, tell us more about the the leadership and how you choose to be this type of leader that you are. You know, I think it's a it's an ever evolving process. So it doesn't matter whether you're the leader of a team, uh, you're the leader of your own business, you're the leader of your household, or yeah. in this case, you're the leader of a company. Um, Successful leaders realize that they're only successful if everybody around them is successful. And learning is part of that. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I have read a lot of books on leadership and, and, I, and I am fond of the John Maxwell books on leadership and of him. I'm a, I'm a fan of his yeah. for sure. Um, and I have, I think I've read them all, if not all, most of them. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's experiential too, you know, mm -hmm. through interacting with people. Um, and being open to, to, to self-improvement. But what I have realized is that I have to continually improve as a person and a leader in order to lift the lid, as they say, yes. an opportunity for everybody around. And uh, I'd like to think I'm, I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job of that. I mean, I can always do better, but, um, you know, I, I think to be a great leader, you have to be a great student, too. So that's part of it. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So Kirby's just throwing some digs at you, but we can we can bring them on because we can make fun of him, and he has really yes. no, nothing to say. Right. Yes, Marvin Rees. Wow, look at that! Wow, look at that! Just uh, Kirby, um, there's gonna we have a delay in processing of um, checks for anybody with the last name of Chan at the brokerage. Nice. Yes, it'll be okay. Wow. There you have it. There you have Thank it. you, Rob. Appreciate that. Yeah. See. Look there at Laura. She, she is. is. Good There's job, Lori. Oh, Wonderful. Thanks, Lori. I, yes. I had a hard time squeezing my pecs into this shirt, but it's... Which are your... These are pecs, right? Yeah. But they're there. They are too. I have two of those. <laughs> yeah, sometimes more, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Good, well, good. What do you got there, Gare? So we, we talked about leadership and leadership style and, and, and who, who are you following from that leadership style? Um, <coughs> excuse me. What's What's been some of your favorite not leadership decisions, but favorite decisions that has allowed people to grow? 
Well, I'll tell you. Um, without being specific initially, what, sure. I would, what I'd say is this. The best decisions are when you do this. When people come to you with a situation, my favorite thing is, so what do you think? What, what's your opinion? If you ask anybody on our leadership team, the style I believe they would comment on, maybe they'll jump in on, on this, is collaborative. So my way is to always gather information from the people around me that I trust, get their input. I mean, there's sometimes I make a decision that, you know, maybe a slightly different direction. But I think that as a leader, when you make a decision of any type, uh, you should explain the rationale behind it. And gathering information from those around you who've had different experiences and been involved in different aspects of the business mm -hmm. is, is, is key. So I ask lots of questions and I allow lots of room, for lack of a better way of explaining that, for, for our people to go out there and be the leaders they can be. Not to ever be micromanaged. Um, it seems to work the best. And it's my, my comfort uh, in doing it that way. So... I, you know, I think if you're leading a team, you have to give the people on your team the ability to grow and make some decisions. And are are they going to make mistakes? Maybe, but that's okay. I mean, we all did. Um, yeah. So uh, I think that's part of it. I don't know if they're going to chime in or not, but I think you'll <laughs> we'll see, see that. Yeah. They're like, I don't know, what's what's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, before you go in there, let me, let me. I would just need to jump in. Tell me about execution, because as leaders, we well, let's say we would gone to we would have gone to a conference. We're reading a book. Um, we're modeling after someone who's successful as well. How do we make sure all that information that is collected is now implemented when you're managing a team, when you have, you know, other people that are responsible for certain aspects of it. Right. So what I would suggest, a lot of the times we go to these conferences and we're all pumped up and we come back and it dissipates. Yeah. So um, before I give you the answer to that, you can ask anybody in our company. We have these 15-minute stand-up meetings every morning from 8.45 to 9 where we all gather. And if you were to ask them, they would tell you it's rapid fire, decisive answers, unless it's something that requires more investigation. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not able to make decisions and put things into action, I mean, you're not really setting the correct example for those around you. So if I was to go away on a conference, whether it's family reunion with Keller Williams or mega camp or anything else for that matter, uh, before I got home, I would prioritize a list of 10 top things and when they're going to be done by, and I would rifle them all off and put it out there to everybody on the team. This is what we're going to do. Let's get it done. So, you know, we, we, we're making a lot of changes, a lot of improvements at the brokerage currently, and it's very straightforward stuff. If it makes sense, just do it. And preparing to prepare is not the way to do it. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to be perfect immediately, but just get it out there and do it. Uh, because we all get busy, you yep. know, and when you lead that way, others will do the same thing. So cool. Yeah. Cool. Go for it. Okay. So we're going to do a couple of things here. A couple of fun things with you. Nice. Uh, for those that are watching at, at uh, 316, we're going to answer all the questions that have been uh, coming up online here. So if you have questions, uh, put them in now, put them in now, comment, like it, share it, uh, send this to people who you think this will add value to. And even if you don't think it will add value, send it anyways, because you just never know who's going to watch this. And, and um, it could be it could be life changing. Who knows? At least I think it could be. Yeah. <laughs> OK, so here we go. Here we go. Robert, we do this with all of our guests. We, Ooh. Uh, there's fire, fire, man. There's fire. So, these are 
These are what we call rapid fire questions. All right. They, yeah, let me move my chair a little yeah, closer. Yeah, you better sit up straight for this just one. just got hotter, Colin. <laughs> okay, go for it. And uh, they are all serious. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, let's start off with an easy one. Favorite season of the year? Oh, 100% summer. Summer. No is, it, is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? Absolutely not. I would recommend the buffalo crackers. I like that. Okay. Yeah. First celebrity crush? All the Jennifers. <laughs> Lopez, Aniston, <laughs> Gardner. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> you can't beat all the Jennifers. You can't. Uh, big dogs or small dogs? Small dogs. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. You've got with one. a big bark. There you go. Yep. Uh, what superpower would you like to have? X-ray vision, no doubt about it. Yeah, we're not asking. All why. the obvious reasons, yeah. Colin. Jennifers. Jamaican blood, you know. Yeah, uh, cake or pie? Pie. The Godfather or Star Godfather. Wars? Don't need any further. <laughs> yes. The Godfather is the answer. Ah, uh, hilarious. Name one of the seven dwarfs. There's so many that I love. I'm going to go with Grumpy. Whoa. He's the, wow. I'm only clapping because that is. there's only been one other answer. Really? Yeah. Yes. Can you guess what it is? Sleepy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're the first person to name somebody else. And I always tell people, no matter what they say, don't read into it. You said yeah. grumpy. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just try giving me a cake instead of pie. You'll see, grumpy. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Okay, a couple more here. What's your favorite carb? Bread, pasta, or rice? You know what? Can you combine them in a risotto? Because that would work for me. You just did. Thank you. (laughs) Here's a good question for you, actually, because you love your cars. Yes, I do. You have... um, Cars. Cars. That's a good way to say it. What's the fastest speed you've ever driven in a car? 250 kilometers an hour. Wow. Where? You were at the steering wheel? I was. Yes. Yikes. Where? Next question. Next question. (laughs) And following up with that, last question. Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Oh, man, I think I'd take a hard pass on both. But if I had to pick one or the other, I'm deathly afraid of heights. Are you I think real? I'd jump from a plane, yeah. Whoa. That's why I'm born 5'4". <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, jump from a plane. Jump from a plane. There we go. Right. All love right. It, love it. Love it. It would be the greatest Depends commercial of all time. That's right. All 5'4". I, I often uh, I, I enjoy... Introducing Marvin on on different whether it's workshops or educational workshops, uh, my investment workshops, whatever it may be, because he is one of the few guests that I actually stand above. So thank you for that. <laughs> yes, he does. He <laughs> d- towers. You. Yes, at five foot six, I tower over you. It's yeah. a lot of height that five six, Colin. I tell you, I tell yeah. you. What do you got for us, Colin? Um, Excuse me, Colin. I just want to tell Gary one thing. Yes, I am way taller when I stand on my wallet. Just so you oh, know. Oh, hey now. There you go. There hey you now. Go. <laughs> Zing. Do it. Oh, wait, wait. We got a sound? Do a sound. Thank you. You're the best. There's more. <laughs> okay. Love it. Um, when I get into um, family, because as business owners, as leaders, uh, when we are in the middle and we're grinding, how does one balance family and work? Is there such thing as work-life balance? I guess that's two questions in there. So, Yeah, you know, some people say no. I say yes. I think there is. I think that, um, you know, you have to look at why you're doing all of this. A lot of people answer the question, there is no such thing. I think it's balance and counterbalance all the time. There's a give and take, but you have to maintain the right amount of time with your family and and the right amount of time for yourself. 
Otherwise, trust me, you know, over 21 years U.S. or 27 Canadian, I've seen many, many people and many families destruct over that or some people self-destruct. So if you have a date with your wife, with your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, kids or yourself, you need to maintain that. Yeah. Hmm. Tell me a little bit more about spending time with yourself. Um this is a PG rated show. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. I'm just checking. All right. So uh, it was low hanging fruit. Pardon the pun. Okay. Uh, you know what? I I enjoy. <laughs> Too easy. Uh, I know. I actually enjoy that, and I think that you learn a lot about yourself um, when you do uh, spend time on, on your own. It gives you you know time to self reflect, and yeah. sometimes doing nothing is the best thing you can do. Right. So I, I, I'm going to make a shirt like that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Do you meditate? Yes. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. In fact, I started doing that uh, in 2011. I didn't realize it was 2011, but I keep a little book on my desk and uh, I make notes on things that I would like to take on. And uh, apparently I started that in 2011. I, I just reflected on that last week. Wow. So, yeah. Pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. A shout out to some of the people watching online. Uh, of course, Laurie, Kent, Robert, Mike, Kirby, oh, Melissa. Thank you, Marvin Mike. is the GOAT. Wow, yeah. The greatest of all time. I love that. I Thank like you, that. Mike. That that should be on a shirt. That yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike will be getting Kirby Chan's paychecks from now on. Oh, well done, <laughs> Mike. Yeah, good for you. Mike, good for you, buddy. Kirby does okay from time to time. Yeah, yeah. it works out all right. I love Mike. Mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, yeah, so a couple more minutes before we get in front of the, the questions here. But um, sure. talk to us a little bit about... You know, how, how can realtors today, because there's, we know there's a lot of realtors, especially here in the GTN, the Toronto Real Estate Board, over 50,000. Right. And there's only a small number that really have that market share. Yes. Right. So how, how do those realtors stand out from the crowd? How do they make a difference in the people that they're around? Do you know what they all have in common? They breathe. Yes, they, they do. Yeah. <laughs> what? And they talk to people. Yeah. So look, it, you know, I say it over and over again. You can make this as complicated or as simple as you want it to be. Um, lead generation, you can call it door knocking, flyers, marketing, uh, telemarketing, whatever you want to call it. Those are mechanisms to get to one thing. And that's that conversation. So I assure you, everybody out there, if you have 20 meaningful conversations or more per day, you will, all of your business and financial troubles will go away, but you have to stick to that no matter what. So on my own, you know, I was, uh, in my earlier years, uh, I think my first year in the business, I did 35 transactions. And then, you know, I was in the hundreds when I was on my own with one assistant and had years as many as 300 and some odd transactions. And, and really it's just about talking to people. And there's all kinds of little tips and tricks. I mean, you've been to some of my sessions, uh, deal of the week you can call about and different things like that. And certainly there's a lot more we can talk about, but those conversations have to happen. I mean, yep. and, and, and if you, it, there's, it's directly in proportion to your earnings. So if you reflect on how many people you spoke to in a meaningful way about real estate in the last seven days, and the answer is somewhere between zero and three or four, it's just not going to be enough, yeah. right? And those conversations need to be about bringing people something of value. And what we really have as value in terms of our, our profession is information. So if you're giving people great information and you're helping them and you're coming from a place of contribution and you're more uh, consultative in nature, the rest will, will work out, you know? And, and I don't know if it's on your list, but um, I'm hoping we're going to talk a little bit about building wealth for realtors too. Then let's do that now. Let's do that now because uh, another good friend of our, all of ours, 
Marvin. Um, hey, Mark, Mark, how are you doing? Yes, I understand. Mark for president. Yes, Mark. I know. In, in America. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, okay. let, let's talk about the different uh, pillars of generating wealth. And I know sure. you like to you you like to have a couple of different pillars. And what does that look like to you? Yeah. So I look. I think that you know, being realtors, it's like the ability to lawfully have insider trading. We see the best deals when they come out. We see the best you know listings when they come out. We have opportunities to help people with second mortgages. There's so many things we can do. Um, so I don't think we should be unilateral in our approach. I mean, we should look at acquiring real estate. We should look at uh, learning commercial real estate and acquiring commercial as well, doing second mortgages. Um, I know your family does. You do a lot of that stuff. And yeah. I know, Colin, that's of interest yes. to you as well. And it really is a key component. So when you can have residual income or horizontal income streams that passively equal or exceed your vertical income, you've got something pretty special there. Now so. you just threw out two terms, vertical and horizontal income. Yes. Could you dive a little deeper into that? It's still a PG show, right? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. so uh, vertical income is actually what society trains us to do, which is to exchange time for money. Go out, get a great job, exchange time for money, you know, great education and so forth. Uh, uh, parentally, we're taught to do that. The educational system teaches it to, us to do that. But the truth of the matter is you can't save your way to wealth. Very, very difficult to do. Um, so horizontal income is interchangeable with the term passive income. Yeah. So in our particular field, we have the unique opportunity to have earnings whereby we can take a portion of our vertical income, Colin, and actually move it into horizontal income opportunities, such as buying an investment property or second mortgages. Uh, there's lots of different things we can do. And uh, real estate is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's a get-rich-slow scheme. It's gradually, then suddenly. And when it happens, it's like one day you're like, holy smokes, mm -hmm. right? You might even use different words than that, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I like had- Like, wow. Yeah, yeah, like super wow. This is amazing. Gee whiz, Gary. That's right. Yeah. So uh, for me, you know, it, it uh, I, I have- um, I don't even know, but I'm going to say 10 major investment properties, uh, seven, I think, or six of them are commercial in nature. Um, and, and, uh, it's just, it's just been a, a life changer, uh, and a business changer for me. So at what point would you recommend, uh, as agents? So someone who is, you know, picking up one or two investment properties, at what point would you say, start looking at commercial? Well, I think you have to familiarize yourself with the with the industry. What's interesting right now in our particular marketplace is that's actually what's firing hot. So the cool thing about having both commercial and residential investments is that when one aspect of the market is maybe a little cooler, the other one is actually typically firing quite hot. Um, there's advantages to, to commercial uh, tenancies as well in terms of uh, any issues that might come along the way. So I think it's just a question of... Um, of familiarizing yourself with that, with how that all works. Take some courses on it if you're not. And uh, I would just, you know, dive right into it. Yeah, okay. it's 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 really cool. Yeah, it's been really good for me. Cool. Okay, we're getting a, a whole bunch of whole bunch of questions in here, so I want to actually dive into them to make. Are sure they real questions? Or they are they? real questions. Okay. okay, good. Not all from Kirby, by the way. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, let me let me just scroll back up here. Um, okay, so the first one, let's, this is from Pierre, and we already know this answer. Who's your favorite KWRC, Keller Williams Realty Center sales rep? Uh, can I pick two? Yeah, it's probably going to be like uh, Carrie <laughs> and, and Jennifer Jones. You know what? My, my true favorite knows uh, who they are. Oh, there you go. well said. Yeah, well they said. They know. Um, 
Here we go. Here we go. But uh, thank this, you, Pierre. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. This is from Mike Russo. What what advice would you give someone new to the industry? Yeah. So I first of all, I think that that's a very a very very good question because there there really isn't a, a, a wonderful. Um, program other than maybe ignite with Keller Williams to help fast track people to success after, after graduating. But it would be this, uh, first step is to develop a value proposition. So what do you stand for? Uh, you should be able to articulate that in you know, a minute and a half or less. So if I was a buyer or a seller, you know, why would I use you? So that's step one, Mike. And then, then your, all of your branding needs to be synonymous with that value proposition. So, so often we go to graphic designers and say, design a logo, but the logo is not really synonymous with what you stand for. So that's step two. And then you need to to develop a listing kit, a buyer kit, a CMA, um, uh, a marketing plan, and a guarantee of your services, along with, of course, a business card and a personal brochure. So once you have your toolkit, then it's just down to the basics of uh, speaking to 20 people or more per day. And if you're going to call your sphere of influence, here's what I would suggest you do. I think you have to clear the air with them. If you're new in the business, at the back of their mind, their biggest concern is that you may let them down or you may do a poor job if they refer somebody to to you. So you clear the air and say, listen, you know, I take referrals very seriously. Uh, if you're kind enough to refer someone to me, I promise you I'll do such a wonderful job that they're going to call you and thank you for referring me to them. Would you happen to know somebody that could assist in buying or selling a home? That's how I would do it. And if you stick with that, Mike and everyone else who might be newer, that's that's the key. All right. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I lost the question that I wanted. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. Uh, this is from Pauline Rodriguez. Uh, what was the biggest lesson you learned in real estate that changed your life? So she's going deep and big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, changed your life in the direction of your business. Hmm. Great question, Pauline. Yeah. yeah. Probably, I could probably, it's probably about seven years ago and maybe six or so years ago when um, you had a conversation with me and then a conversation with Marvin about a year ago and you said, this is the brokerage, so we joined. That probably changed your life, yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's two things, right? The big, <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. Took me a while to process that, Colin. Yeah. I was still, I was still thinking of, uh, of that question. You know, lessons, a big thing. I mean, I don't know if there's any one lesson other than, um, you have to believe in yourself, you know, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the biggest life-changing moment in terms of my business was when I decided to open up the company. That for sure would be it, uh, Pauline. But cool. and Pauline, I'm sorry I missed your open house. I hear it's beautiful, but we'll get there. I promise. So speaking of that open house, if you are in need of a wine cellar, yes. Colin showed it to me earlier. Yes, Pauline is, is beautiful. Beautiful, very nice wine there. cellar. Yes. Uh, Top notch. Yes. Top notch. She'll be delivering wine here at the end of the show. Okay. If you want to stick around. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I love news. <laughs> like breaking news. It's fake news, actually. <laughs> but okay. Uh, Kirby does have a question about sure. uh, work ethic is great. And how do you know you're doing the right thing? Because you can have great work ethic scrubbing floors your whole life. So, so. Look, I think. Wealth and work ethic and happiness are not necessarily all the same thing, you know? So there's people that have a very fulfilled life and they work hard at what they do and they're happy and they're healthy and that's a wonderful thing. So maybe for some people that is scrubbing floors. All I know is whatever you do, you have to be fulfilled. Um, Hopefully you can provide well for yourself and your family and know that you're being the very best at whatever it is. I mean, that's the advice I gave my kids. You know, pick what you want to do, but be the best at it. Mm -hmm. Um, Second best isn't, or at least your second best isn't good enough. So I think you can gauge it by self-reflecting and saying, am I actually doing the best I can at whatever I'm doing? 
So that's what I would say, Curbs. Cool. And and Pauline's chips. Uh, chiped in here about she, the wine she, yeah about oh, the wine and okay. she apologizes for leaving you speechless by the way thank you <laughs> um, yeah, that was a deep question no more question. Uh, complicated questions Gary <laughs> <laughs> sorry please screen those can we go back to the rapid fire fun stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah that was a lot that was more in my comfort zone yeah that was good much much easier yeah for much sure much easier um, I'll find us a good one here uh, but but so as as I scroll through this but I want to ask you this question is you know Creating new leaders is, is awesome, but I want to know what you're doing with like that next generation. How are you developing or looking for talent in that next generation that's coming? Because we all we, we all heard like the millennials and, and that's the biggest um, uh, pool of, uh, of talents. Yeah. Are, are you looking at that or, or are you thinking about that? And how does your business move forward with that age group? Yeah, it's a very good question. And I think more than than just our industry or more than just me or more than just us would be looking at that right now because it is, it is a very, very big uh, question that's top of mind. Um, what I can tell you is this. So, so far, if you look back at some of the things we've done as a brokerage, they've all been a little bit ahead of what's been upcoming. So we put in an 80-person uh, training facility way before – all of the training and buzz around education really came about. And I, I try to always be forward looking. Definitely technology is changing the way things are going and definitely the millennial population is, is at the helm. So some of the things we're gonna be looking at right now are uh, drop-in pods, virtual office connections, um, so we're in the process of doing those things right now, but it hasn't been announced until the show. So that's wonderful. I broke that surprise, but, um, and that's not fake news, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, uh, we're having drop in pods. I love yeah. it. Uh, we're also going to be looking yeah, I feel at, like it's gone back to star Wars or something. I don't know what that yeah. is, but I like it. Uh, centralized processing, uh, the ability to actually fast track people's success, um, reducing costs, expandability, scalability of our systems. So even our phone system was built you know, 10 years ago to be very, very scalable around the, the globe in order to be progressive. So these are all things that uh, I'm very keenly looking at right now. Um, so that's what we're, that's the direction we're going to be going. And what are you looking at uh, or what are you looking for in the next leaders that you're developing? I think you're always looking for character. It doesn't matter whether you're a millennial or whether you're in your mid fifties or beyond. I mean, I think that's, that's it. It's character. Um, I don't believe that, you know, blanket statements about being in your 50s gives you this kind of a person and being a millennial gives you another. I mean, it's character. And that's what I always look for uh, in anybody that uh, I get into business with. Cool. So talk to us a little bit about about coaching and, and why or having mentors is so important for us. I know you're doing kind of something really cool at the brokerage with that. And, right. and um, talk to us a little bit about why that's important for one's success. Yeah, in looking at uh, the trajectory of our brokerage and the industry at large, it was very evident to me that that's going to be and that is the major differentiator. So, and as you can see, even our competitors are realizing that coaching is an important aspect to to the business, a void that really hasn't been filled correctly uh, in a very long time. So, uh, in meeting with our productivity coach, Jen O'Kane slash Silbernagel, it's kind of a long name, but I'm going to work on that with her. Um, <laughs> with her? Uh, yeah, J, we're going to call her J. Pick one. J O N. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's complicated. Jen, Jen with two N's and then you got an okay yeah. and a silver angle. Anyways, but that's not fucking Jen. Yeah. yeah, if you could do the sound for her, she'd probably appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's probably this one. You're the best. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So um, 
really it's about bringing coaching that's relevant and that actually works. So, and, and if you look at most coaching, it's, you know, typically done in a centralized location by somebody who hasn't sold a house in a very long time and that sort of thing. So we're rolling out three different types of coaching right now. One is a coaching program for people just getting into the industry, uh, or that are in the industry and looking to really, you know, rekindle their career. Uh, the next is a very niche market, which is administrative coaching. So realizing mm. that there's a void between the leaders of particular teams and their administrative team. Absolutely. And how can we help them each get better? It's interesting. When, you know, we have a eight-page questionnaire to enter into the coaching programs now and covenants back and forth between the coach and the um, people you know, in the coaching program. And then the next one is our advanced coaching program. So people that are at our cap level and above that really want to take it to the next level. And our training calendar is also tying into that. As you can see, we're bringing in regional trainers and so forth. So um, I think that everybody needs to be coached or at least coached up. And uh, you can only take yourself to a certain level and then you have to rely on the, or at least tap into the experiences of others and and their successes and, and quite frankly, their failures too. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the key word in there, and I hope everyone caught it, was yes, everyone needs to be coached. Yeah, you coached caught it. Up. You caught mm-hmm. it. Coached yes. up. Yes. And, and I love how you said that. That is such a, a, a key element that's probably, not probably, it is often missed. Right. Right. I think so. Is, is yeah, okay, we can have our peers or, or coaches hold us accountable, but how are they co- coaching us up? Right. Yeah. And I think too, you know, not necessarily every coach is right for every lack of a better term, you know, student, right? Yep. So I think you have to search out someone that challenges you and knows how to properly motivate you. Um, uh, I would, I would be sure I align with the right, the right coach. So in even tying into coaching now, and I think it was Jim Rohn that says we are the average of the five people we surround ourselves with. Right. Um, then someone else says, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Oh, you're so, not that smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so who are you surrounding yourself with? Yeah, I'm alone a lot, Colin. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's interesting. Or who's so, in your circle? Yeah. So I'm careful with that. So it's interesting. Like just recently, I was spending some time with Gary and uh, it was really a cool experience. Not this Gary, the other Gary. It was oh. pretty cool, by the way. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, and it's and it was very nice. You know, we yeah. get to spend some time together, a few hours, and um, it's very, very interesting. So when you have a meeting with somebody like that uh, and you get to meet with people of that kind of uh, business caliber for lack of a better terminology. It's very, very enlightening. Right. So when you're talking to, so that's Gary Keller that, that you're referring to right. when you're talking to people of that success or, or I shouldn't say that caliber caliber, what, like what's the, not, not that there's always a main takeaway, but what, when you go visit with people like right. that, what, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but when you walk away, you're like, that was amazing because of right. That's a blank. great. Okay, so first of all, you kind of prepare yourself for that sort of an encounter. And I was like, oh, "Man, I'm cool. Yeah, you know, it's no big deal. It's just another guy, right?" And the really interesting part was it was just another guy. Like he was. Like I find that the most successful people find a way to kind of you know calm you down and make you relax when you're in their environment. And um, I just I just love the way he thinks and um you know he was very humble uh it was very very um it, it was it was a very real conversation nothing superficial i wasn't either you know we 
we we were very candid with one another on a lot of the things we discussed. And I think if you can be around people that are not only successful, but are really truly candid with you and it's a very relaxed uh, exchange, it's just you leave and you really say, man, like that was, and it really was, it's not lip service just because Gary Keller's listening right now. He's not. He's not. He doesn't have, <laughs> he doesn't have yeah, that. Yeah, no. You don't know that. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> I did text him on the way over. Yeah. Cell phones now. We're besties. Yeah. But yeah, yeah um, you know what? It was very rewarding. So I think it's, I think it's, if you can have a genuine conversation with somebody, Gary, like that, then it can, it, it, that lets you leave feeling that way. Right. Yeah. yeah. And when you're, when you're talking to people like that or, or people that you trust and you, 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 you're looking for um, that support system, is there a common question that they are asking you? Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure if there was really a common question, but uh, uh, what I liked is I had an agenda for the meeting. Uh, he had an agenda in this particular example for the meeting. And we ended with a very clear, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do by such and such a date and so on. So it was really cool. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. J- just clear on the outcome, or at the end, clear on the outcomes, but clear yeah. on, on here's here's what we got to cover so we have an outcome from this. Yeah, from but this to bring it to something bigger, like as you said, even whether it's Gary Keller or whether it's our meetings or whether I'm meeting with a head of a financial institution or you know something like that, I just, I like the way a lot of those people think. So I'm always looking for that in, in spending my time. Right. So, and you know, it's very interesting. Sometimes the biggest thinkers aren't in the roles that you would think they they would be in. It's very interesting. Mm. So, I mean, I've, I've had meetings with not to put any particular industry in the wrong light, but farmers, and I found them to be very among the most intelligent people I've actually ever conversed with hardworking, very, very smart. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so, it's interesting. You never know where you're going to find that next that next influencer in, in your circle. Where are you looking for talent right now? Everywhere. Okay. Everywhere. And you know what? And it's easy to find everywhere if you look. So we've had instances hmm. where, you know, we're in a restaurant and the server is evidently just abundantly talented. And I'll say, what, why are you doing? I was Tim Horton the other day and this kid that serves me is just abundantly talented. I asked him, what are you doing here? Right. I want you to, I want you to give me a, I give up my card whenever I identify talent. If I truly think it's talent everywhere, but you gotta be, you have to have your eyes open. You gotta be looking. It's everywhere. Trust me. You just gotta find the right people for you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's everywhere. So you want to build a team. Talent is everywhere. Maybe the talent that you're looking for is not already a realtor. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, we've heard that. Some of the biggest teams in the States go after non-realtors. non-realtors. Yeah. They yeah. see talent in other organizations and whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Absolutely. We got literally three more minutes before we wrap this up. I can't believe it's been an hour as yet. Wow. So get some more questions in there, Gary. Okay, let's do okay, it. Okay, so there's, there are a few in here, and then we will uh, we'll take a couple of minutes to wrap up. So Mike Mike's asking, what's next for Marvin? You'll have to wait and see. Wait and see. So we've, we've got some beers over here. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I brought in some really cool foreign beers for the uh, yeah, yeah, after yeah. party. But yeah, yeah. no. Um, I promise let, you, Mike, me, there's one more thing. One Guarantee more thing. one more thing. Let me, let me rephrase Mike's question a little bit that, and allow you to answer it. Um, Maybe not, but okay. <laughs> how, do, how do you plan one year, three years, five years ahead? Like, what, what does that look like? Well, I, I'll tell you, my one, three, five-year plan sometimes changes. Sure. Uh, and recently I'm looking at, you know, maybe some other things that might change my trajectory a little bit. Um, I've always been a planner, you know what I mean? Like really kind of planning out every aspect of my life. My wife's retiring in a year. Yes. Um, 
but I, I, I still have more that I want to accomplish. I think yeah. you just kind of know inside if you're there yet. And we're not quite, you're quite not there, there yet. yet. No, no. Well, from Mike, who's your biggest role models? Who are your biggest role models? They're black and white. Okay, and lovely. White, so <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> this is a paid endorsement by the Black and White Real Estate Podcast. There we go. Yeah, nice. That would, did sound nice, actually. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's like music in my ears. Yeah. There you go. Um, no, that's cool. So, Marvin, as we wrap up here, what's, uh, you know, what, some closing thoughts? What, uh, what message, not to say this is what I want people to know, but what if there's if somebody was to meet you today, mm-hmm. what would you want them to know about you? Hmm. I think uh, that I care and that I want to help. So it's you know what it's very interesting. I find that when I teach, I learn. I find that when I help, I'm the one that benefits. Mm. Um, I really do care. You know what it, it's it's such a liberating feeling when you learn the law of reciprocity reciprocity and, and truly live it every day. Right. I do. I care about every single person in our company, everyone that deals with our company and it matters to me. Awesome. So we just need more like-minded people and uh, I know they're out there and you know, from the outside, they might think that we're all the same, but we're not, we're different. We're proving it. And we just have to make sure more people realize that so they too can find their way to, to what we're doing. Right. Um, my question was answered a little bit in that question, but I'm going to be forthright with my question. As the leader of a brokerage, as the owner of a brokerage, uh, why should someone who is in the industry be part of your brokerage? I don't think we're necessarily for everyone, quite frankly. Um, but if you feel if you're out there and you're listening and you feel that uh, something's missing or that, you know, you don't have collaboration or you don't feel supported or you don't have a, a, a real learning network or you don't feel respected or you just can't be yourself or you just feel like something is just not right, then you should reach out to us. But if somebody is of that traditional mindset and they're, you know, disrespectful of others or they're walking around like this or they're not a team player or what have you, maybe we're not right for them. That's okay. That was actually the most liberating lesson I learned when I was building the company. Um, Not everybody's right for the company and we're not right for everybody, but the ones that we are right for, the ones that get it, get it a lot. And I think, you know, things like this make me feel very good because all of this started with an idea. And now I'm on what I understand is rated the number one podcast um, in North America. It is. Well, I can tell you it's the number one podcast at 6142 Main Street. (laughs) And according to my mom, it's the number one in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Your mom's lovely, isn't she? she Yeah, very nice. Cool. Why don't you wrap us up there? All right. Again, Marvin, Marvin, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you in the chair here with us. Thank you. Uh, You spit a lot of knowledge out there. A lot of the comments coming in were, you know, were lessons that take away bits. So very much appreciate it. For those who are listening outside, uh, again, you're tuned into the Not So Black and White Real Estate Podcast. Your hosts are Colin Campbell with Gary A. McGowan. That's right. And... And the man. The man, Marvin Alexander. I thank know, but thank you very thank much, Thank you so guys. much for your time, your experience, your your knowledge, and and uh, I know you're helping people just, just wow. by what's happening around us, so thank you for thank that. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank you, everybody. Cool, cool. Don't forget, you can always catch us on Apple iTunes and, and Google Play, Spotify. If it plays, play it. <laughs>
All right. Look at that. All right. Thank you. This is Dion Begg from Butler Mortgage. For the past 15 years, I've helped families answer the big three financial questions. How do I pay off my home faster, pay for my kids' education, and build wealth for retirement? We answer these questions through helping plan and fund significant investment property portfolios. If you're a first-time buyer or buying your first or 10th investment property, please reach out for a free consultation so we can ensure you build the best portfolio possible. Search for Mortgages by Dion com or call me at 800-518-1221.